Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Earth and Body Ecosystems. Join us as we bridge the gap between the body and the world that surrounds us. Today, I am excited to welcome back Miss Amber Tom. And she has been extremely busy since the last time we spoke with her. And so I hope she talks all about her masterclass, all about her credentials, and what's coming up, because it's really exciting. Amber? Well, it's great to be here with both of you. Thanks for having me back. That was really exciting. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've just been doing a lot. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Amber Ton. I'm the author of The Art of Cosmic Creation. It's a channeled piece where it talks about how to live your life as an expression of your soul. And um, I was speaking with a collective consciousness and you can actually see it on the cover. That is an actual photo of whatever was hovering above me. And um, if you didn't see it last time, I'll just show you within the book real quick that you could see the actual full photo where I was sitting and I was seeing something as I was getting all of these messages and I took a photo and there it was hovering over me. Um, so yeah, so since we've talked, obviously um, I was putting my program together, the Live Your Light program, which is based on this book. And I, I did a masterclass to go into depth with what it is that I do and what it is that I teach. And that was on YouTube. And I think it will be linked below the Live Your Light Masterclass. Um, yes, we'll put, I'll put a link below for that, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so can you share with us a little bit about what the Masterclass is about? Yes, so it goes into depth with the the method that i call the star method because when you go into the the book and you start reading the messages they continuously use the metaphor of a star as a metaphor for the human soul and its purpose and not just the human soul all of consciousness and that purpose is um expansion and we expand through self-expression and so the masterclass goes into depth with the four steps, which are the four modules of my course, which I call the STAR method. And so the first step or the first module is about seeing behind the physical. So basically in the masterclass, I, I go into depth with why just living life through the physical senses is, um, is inadequate. <laughs> and it's why we feel we feel lost a lot of the times and we always feel like something is possibly missing or we feel a little you know askew we feel like you know we're not are we doing something right we're very unsure of ourselves as humans and that's because we've been taught to go by the physical and as we know I show the, the electromagnetic spectrum and how much visible light actually is on the spectrum that we know about and it's like that much it's, it's like nothing and then how much we hear on the sound spectrum and like i said the spectrum of according to the technology that we've developed there's probably 
that not probably definitely sounds beyond what we could even measure with any sort of technology. And we know that the world is 90 or we're made up of 99.9% .9 empty space. And so nothing is as we're seeing it. The physical is truly an illusion. And so just navigating the world by what we see and what things should look like on the outside is kind of inaccurate. So I give the example of, um, you know, going into what it is that you want to feel behind the physical. And before I go into that, is there too much sound coming from the air conditioner? No, no, no so you're fine. I will get, okay. All right. I'll, I'll lower that just in case I can make it lower. There we go. Maybe that's better. So I give the example of you look at what it is that you're looking to experience in this life. And a very quick example would be, let's say that what you want to experience is in the masterclass, I give this example about a, a place where you want to live. And let's say that you've been told like your goal is to buy a house because that's what people do. So your goal is to buy a house. Whereas when you really look at your feelings and what it is that you're trying to experience and feel, you find out that you'd actually be way happier and more fulfilled by renting, renting a house or an apartment. I don't know. I'm just making an example because you'd rather use the other money to travel or to do something else rather than what it's supposed to look like. So going at what things are supposed to look like is, is very inaccurate. And it's more about the first step is connecting to what it is that you wanna feel behind the physical and then letting that navigate your choices and your decisions and your goals instead of what it's supposed to look like. So that's step number one. Um, should I keep going or you wanna ask? Um, no, well I was going to ask, um, now I forgot what I was going to ask, and that's not really good for a, a host, is it? <laughs> but I am human, right? Right, right. So uh, basically, I was going to expound upon, like, what we believe is physical is not really physical, because it's, it's kind of, there's a theory I've heard from other people studiers that we recreate ourselves like in fractions of seconds so every so it's kind of like there's this space where we don't exist and then in a, in a millisecond or whatever we exist again so it's kind of like we're always constantly um coming into the material world because we are not solid so mm -hmm. that was something that really has always fascinated me because I've always heard that we're not what we think of solid matter. It's not as solid as we think. And that's one reason we can manifest. So I was wondering if you could expound on that a little bit more. Yes. And I want to say one thing before I forget it is that talking about that, that we are all vibration and everything is vibration. And in the masterclass, I give visuals of what right. that means which I don't have right now. So it's, I'm trying to explain it like an easy way right now, since I don't have the visuals is that what vibration is and how we take it in and how we give it off in this physical reality are by feelings. So we tend to think like, you know, in our everyday, like vibration, what does that mean? Like that's so abstract, but it's really feelings. 
um, we interpret it through feelings. So um, going back to what you said is that we're all these waves of consciousness and even human consciousness on a whole is, is a vibration. It's, it's, and I give the visual, like I said, it's hard for me to describe since I don't have the picture in front of me as the infinite. Well, you could think of the infinite as this undifferentiated white light. That's, that's another metaphor that they gave me, which I can't show you because I have it in the book and um, it's undifferentiated. It's just this, it's all that is, let me find the right picture, which is in color so you could see it. And what happens, here it is, let me see. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right, so you have um, the pure con consciousness, which is undifferentiated. And then what happens is our frequency or our rate of oscillation, and that oscillation is coming out and in from the infinite. It's how much we, we, we um, differentiate from the infinite and then we have to come back. So when you're saying we kind of like pulse out and in, in mm. whatever second, we can't even measure it. Um, that's what I'm talking about here. So it's at the rate that we're pulsing away from the infinite and back into the infinite, as they showed me through the metaphor of different frequencies and light. And then we're anchored into that specific frequency through our ego is the way that they call it. They, they show it to me as an anchor, like this anchor here that anchors your frequency in a particular state. For us, it's the physical state. And then there could be little variations with each of us, depending on how we're feeling, so we say like, am I at a high frequency or a low frequency? You know, um, it's the feelings that we experience that are um, in and out. And uh, so that's that rate of oscillation to and from the infinite. I did have a chart in the masterclass, which I showed it on a slide of what that looks like. Um, so you can check that out there. But here I just have some of my book next to me. So the Basically, the ultimate goal is to manifest what you want for yourself and probably um, because it's not really a selfish thing because when you manifest and you bring you, well, one of the things I learned is that when you manifest, if, you, if it's in connection with the divine and it's in line with you know, creation, then it can really blossom. Mm -hmm. But if it's not in alignment with the divine, it may manifest, but it can destroy. It can be can become destructive. Yes, you can manifest from the ego. Right. So it's more ego based, right, than yes. manifesting from the divine. So you said a lot of interesting things there. There's like five things to talk about there. Um, so the, okay, so I'll start with the big picture of all this. Like, why do you want to get into manifestation? Why would this being be contacting me about like, we should manifest like, so what? And what the big picture is and then manifesting from the soul versus manifesting from the ego. So we'll talk about that. Um, that's a good topic. So basically the big picture of the point of conscious, the, the point of our being here is the expansion of consciousness. 
And how we expand consciousness is we descend into these different variations, like different people and also in different dimensions. We become separate from the infinite and therefore we have separate perspectives and separate, not really separate, but um, you know, with the illusion of separateness, um, imaginations. And through that, we can expand consciousness in infinite combinations. So we're not only here on the physical plane, there are other dimensions um, and other beings on all different dimensions. So um, some of those beings are guiding us and have been guiding us since humanity started. And um, they say that intelligent life is, they consider intelligent life to the degree um, through which we can recognize and work with the infinite. So we're right there because there are many of us right now in earth's consciousness and you have to look at earth's consciousness as a whole that are there and are looking towards ex expanding our consciousness and understanding who we are. Like Socrates said, know thyself. Was it Socrates or was that just on the top of the Oracle of Delphi. I, I forget just it's now. A, it's a classic saying, and I yeah, don't remember, like, but it's been around for a long time. Yeah, Socrates might have not said, I think I just said Socrates, but one of those, or maybe it was on the top of the Oracle of Delphi, but knowing yourself really is the key. Mm -hmm. And these messages have been coming through since ancient times. They just need updating um, with every new generation because our languages change, our understanding of the world around, around us changes. So the words change a little, but it's the same message. That's why you find it over and over again. And so, um, so that's the bigger picture. That's why we descend into separateness. And then through self-expression, we are able to expand consciousness. Now, you mentioned something really important, is that the soul is all about expansion and expression. So when you receive a feeling of wanting to do something or a desire, they say that your desire is your soul's blueprint for evolution, your own personal blueprint. That's why each of us desire something different, and we each express something different. And it's through that expression that we have to work with our limiting beliefs and transcend those and transcend the ego. We need the ego to remain separate, but we become more and more aware of the infinite through working uh, through it. So the whole idea is the big picture is when more of us are doing that and are actively engaging with it, it begins to shift the consciousness here on earth as a collective consciousness. So we can, yeah, so we can then think of a future where, you know, imagine if everyone is doing their career or their job or whatever it is that they're doing as an expression of their soul and not from a place of ego. Like imagine what society would look like. Imagine what, you know, country leaders would look like, medicine, technology. That's the greater picture that they show to me. And then they say it starts with just the individuals and who they reach out to are the individuals that are open to it. <laughs> and those are the people who are going to start is those of us who are open to it. Um, and then the, the consciousness will shift through the generations and it will, it will be like a, um, an accumulation, an accumulated effect. 
And somehow this has something to do with the shift into the age of Aquarius. Which is a hot topic right now, the shift. In, but actually, as I understand it, it depends on what, here we go, uh, if you go with sidereal or um, Western. In sidereal, we have a number 300 years. In Western, they say we're already there. But anyway, you, I think any way you look at it, it's close. Yeah, it's no they, no tell me, they tell me that we are in the shift now. Yeah. So that's the way that they, that's where I wrote about it in, chap, in the last chapter. Um, they tell me that we are in the shift. So even though, like, you know, if Earth's, Earth's center is facing um, Pisces, right? And then it's moving. It's not at Aquarius yet, but it's moving. We're, we're in that shift. We're already in right. the energy of it. So that's what they're talking about. And that has to do with just the evolution of human consciousness that the, our vibration is continually rising. And um, it does have to do with um, the direction of the Earth's pole and the constellation somehow, but I can't really give any details about that because I'm not too clear on that message. Well, yeah. the, the <laughs> pole is actually, it wobbles a little. So that is um, called, um, oh, what is it called? I would forget right now. But it has to do with why like in Vedic and uh, astrology and sidereal is a little different from Western because they take into account that shifting of the poles. So it oscillates a little bit back and forth. And, and so that's why there's a difference. It, um, oh, procession of the equinoxes is Ooh. what it's called. Yeah. yeah, procession of the equinoxes. So it's just basically, it's because Earth has that wobble. And so the poles, um, the pole is not straight up and down. It kind of has a, a cylindrical or almost a spiral like where it yeah, changes like a vortex yeah. yes yes so that it's is energy center you right right and so it's not a perfect alignment like i guess there are some planets or that have that straight pole but a planet doesn't and that's why there's a um you know the western astrology is set from 2000 years ago but we've changed since 2000 years yeah. you know we've changed Right, right. So, and that pole has you know, moved, you know, it does, it's not static. So that's what right. that explanation is about that. That's something I've been aware of for the last long time. And it always, well, and yeah, we won't go into that, but, <laughs> but um, what I, I was going to ask you something out. So I would say a lot of people, and this is just personal observation, but there's a lot of ego manifesting and it might go along with the Piscean and age because that was, I think it's more about um, control and, you know, everything. And uh, I understand the Aquarian age to be more information is available to everybody and everybody understands the whole picture. Whereas in the Piscean and age, it was more restrictive of who had the knowledge. And so basically when you go into the Aquarian age, everybody has the knowledge. So, yeah. yeah it seems so, to be shifting from like that microscopic view to like a big picture view. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think we're being forced into seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. Or at least some people are. I've always felt like I've been out on Pluto. <laughs> well, my entire life seeing the bigger picture where a lot of people are just, I would say, at street level. Right. And, uh, the, you know, the way that they show it to me is they show me that this consciousness on Earth, they show it to me as a whole. So it's like they show it to me like hard to describe what they should sometimes they give me visual pictures and it's hard for me to describe them unless I make a slide with a picture but it's like some parts might be out here and some parts might be down here and some parts might be there but collectively we're in a certain place so as we're in that transition transitioning to seeing a greater picture we're going to see a lot of upheaval all around us as we're seeing already because that consciousness is changing and shifting. And when things are changing and shifting, like the butterfly in the cocoon, it's like breaking down and building mm -hmm. up and breaking down and building up and things are breaking down and changing and shifting and people are trying to make sense of things. And it could look like complete chaos, um, you know, to us right here when we're in it. But the greater picture is that there, there is a change. And the more that we take responsibility for our individual lives, and begin to live life as that expression of the soul so that we're creating that expansion around us, um, the more that it will continue to shift over time. And I mean, yeah, like thousands of years, it's not going to happen in one, two, three. <laughs> right. Um, unfortunately, we would like things to get cleared out but it's going to take time because time. because we need the populace to really expand the consciousness and that's an individual thing it's not yeah. a uh it's not a group thing it's really an individual there are groups that are, are, are vibrate right you would say that have similar frequencies so they can work together but it's really it's, stepping it's up Oh, I'm sorry. It's, so it's really stepping up to, yeah, it's okay <laughs> to um, like know thyself is basically knowing the being that you are and realizing that you're a lot more than what you've been taught and told. So it's like, right? So Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. What, I what was I going to say? That is, <laughs> it's an individual thing. Yeah, that's more and more because remember, we're, it feels like an individual thing, but we're all part of the same consciousness here on Earth. So as individuals start moving in that direction, it will shift the entire consciousness here on Earth. So that's why it feels individual, but it's really not. And that's the bigger picture of why would these beings care to come and talk to us about seeing life this way and uh, manifesting so <laughs> that's the greater picture of what it's about. Joyce. So what about module two? So module two, the, in the star method, the T is take control of your subconscious. So the way that they show it to me is um, when we're born and we come into what they call this mind-body machine is that we're shaped from our environment and we choose the environments and we choose the clay which is what they like to call it, the clay that we use to shape our, our personal path of expression through. So um, we choose certain environments because just like that yin yang, they say like the seed of the, 
of the positive is in the net in the negative so through our experiences in childhood and many of us you know where we get those limiting beliefs even if we had a happy childhood everyone's got limiting beliefs that stop them from being all that they can be and those are those those negative experiences but those specific beliefs that you have are the path to the ones that are going to bring you towards expression so I'll give you an example. Um, one of mine was that I gave an example in the master class was I used to get sick a lot, like throughout my childhood. And um, I was just sick constantly, like constantly every two weeks, my whole life. And when I got to the bottom of it, when I did what in chapter two, I explained how to do the, the haunted house exercise to go into your subconscious. And I, I explain it briefly on the masterclass too, um, is that I found that I would get really overwhelmed. And I believed something like I was not allowed to rest unless I was sick. If I was, not sick then i had to keep moving it was something like that so when i uncovered it that's the first step in taking control of your subconscious is becoming aware of those beliefs that are holding you back or creating that um creating that that thing in your life that is not the way that you want it because you because i wanted to feel healthy i didn't want to feel sick all the time but yet i kept getting sick all the time why why was that happening so I became aware of the belief from that belief. Now we don't just pick what I said in the masterclass, random affirmations, but we want an affirmation or uh, to, to choose a new belief that is in direct opposition of, of that belief. So I chose something like, because I'm healthy, I can rest and relax in radiant health. And, and, and I just, I listened to it again and again and again and again until I began to believe and I be, it began to sink into my head that, oh, if I'm healthy, that'll give me a real chance to relax and I get to relax and it's better to relax when I'm healthy. And I knew that consciously, it's just my subconscious mind took, took the other message in. So that's step two, you want to take control of your subconscious and work to reprogram it. Once your subconscious is reprogrammed and you're working towards it, it's always a work in progress. You don't just accomplish it one, two, three. Um, but you, once you've got that baseline going, you, you feel freer and you're better able to move forward with action. And that's the next part, which is the A in the STAR method, which is aligned action. When you take aligned action, action that is in alignment with your soul and with your subconscious when you've aligned those two and you're able to take action. So you would choose a goal um, that would, I call it a gateway goal that kind of opens you up to the rest of whatever your vision is. It's just the beginning point, the doorway, the, the first little goal that you're gonna get to that's a bit of a stretch and is gonna cause, it's going to force you to expand um, and then as you're working on that goal, you're, you're also going to, you know, things are going to stop you. 
you're going to get into some obstacles here and there. And those are other chances to really uncover other beliefs that were just hiding under that level. So they come up as you're working through it and you're able to transform it. And then the last one is reinforcing results. So what happens is um, these other beliefs are really well wired into us because we've had a lot of proof. Like, you know, the brain, when it's focusing on something, it will look for proof of it. Like if you say, I'm going to focus on the color of purple. And then all of a sudden you look around and you see purple everywhere. The same thing happens with your beliefs. So instead of focusing how those negative beliefs come true, you're going to force your focus in the beginning. It will feel like a, you'll have to consciously do it, but you're going to focus on things that show the evidence that your new beliefs are coming to fruition. And that propels the whole machine. And I, I had some visuals for that, <laughs> which I don't have here. <laughs> so for those who don't know, can you tell us, Amber, where these limiting beliefs can come from? And I'm also curious to know that at why you developed that limiting belief that you were not allowed to rest unless you were sick. Yeah, um, it, it comes from childhood. Mm -hmm. So I went into it, like I said, I keep saying in the master class, but I did. Um, I have a background in linguistics and there's a, uh, there's a part of your life called the critical period. And that's a time in your life where your brain is wiring itself and kind of taking in information from your environment and setting base rules and their rules of language, how you're going to move the, the muscles of your mouth. That's where we develop our accents. Um, and then also that's when we take in those subconscious understandings of the world around us. So I have a chart in the book where I go deep into how to unearth those limiting beliefs. It's a process you go through. I mean, there's a whole table, you know, I go through it step by step in the book, but you begin to look at your life in a certain way. And you look at your parents and your childhood and different periods of your life. And you look at the five domains that we talked about, your physical environment, your body, your, your finances, uh, your contribution and your connection. And you start to go through each of those things and you start to see some of the things that you noticed and you observed. And we just, we don't even know that we're forming them. We just see things. We see how our parents interact and our brain takes it in. So um, just me watching my parents, my father always worked. And um, it was probably messages of, you know, don't be lazy, you know, go do that. And I was tired. So I took that to mean, and then when I was sick, I got to rest in the bed. So I probably took it to mean, you know, subconsciously, oh, okay, I can only rest when I'm sick. So I'm going to be sick all the time. Every time I get overwhelmed, that's what my subconscious will say. I consciously, I had no knowledge of it, but the subconscious will say, okay, so, all right, if that's the rule, because I like to think of it as the, the high priestess card, I showed it where she has the Torah and all the rules. She's got the rules. Your subconscious has got all the rules that you have to live by and behave by. So it's like, okay, you're overwhelmed. You want to rest. The rule says, Hmm. Subconscious will say rule says you can only rest when sick. Good. Let's make you sick. 
So that's how it happens. You just take in information, it makes a rule, and then it makes you behave according to that rule. And those behaviors shape and create the world around you. And, the, and it can start in utero too. You know, yes. when you're in the womb, especially when your brain is in the developing stages, it, you, mm -hmm. you take on, I think they say it in yoga, it's the 120th day of the pregnancy. And that's when it is really the strongest is from that point forward. Um, that's when the baby really absorbs everything that's going on around him them mm -hmm. when they're in utero so those things can you know if your parents have an argument you're going to feel that in utero yeah you're going to start thinking oh it's scary out there it's safer yeah. to be in here uh you know whatever hermit it yeah it's yeah. safer to be hermit hide away from things because it's yeah scary out there and that would absolutely joyce you had a few words for us and then we'll talk about um some more mysterious things i'd like to mm -hmm. um, after joyce has a few words so i have a question for you is it possible that electronic and wireless devices are making you sick it is but i have a solution and that solution is shungite a mineral that comes from russia it contains fullerenes which it, you can imagine a soccer ball with only the threads and so the whole parts are hollow. So what happens is the fullerenes, they go ahead and they deflect the electromagnetic field or the radiation, however you want to see it. So if you want to get shielded with Shungite, MajesticTerror.com, go to shop. We have various products. We have jewelry. We have cell phone stickers. And we also have decorative items and nuggets. MajesticTerror.com, click on shop. Thank you very much, Joyce. Appreciate that. So Amber, part of your other roadhouse or wheelhouse is kind of, I would say the mystical things like, um, like paranormal. That's how you actually got into this, right? Was a paranormal investigation. Yes. So how it happened was I went to, um, Oh, we have someone. <laughs> we have, uh, that's okay. Ignore that. Um, we went to a place, uh, Morris Jamel Mansion. And um, it was, yeah, I talk about this. It was a paranormal investigation, but it was also like a historical tour. And I was at work, I'm a teacher, and I was seeing the place just as a regular. And I saw that they had the paranormal investigation. And I thought, oh, that will be a really fun birthday present for my brother. So I should take him on that because I love the paranormal and he loves history. So we'll both have fun. So I booked it, a private one. And I watched a couple things about Morris Jamel Mansion and um, online. I saw that Ghost Adventures went there and I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And I really didn't know about par paranormal investigating. I had no equipment. I just had my camera. So I was like, I'll just bring my camera to take pictures. So we go on the investigation and I show the picture that like really, really changed my life <laughs> in the masterclass. I show it there, but we were in the bedroom, one of the bedrooms on the second floor. And um, the, we put a motion sensor on the bed or the guys that, that 
take you on the tour. They put it there. And I saw something and you know what I real, I was thinking to myself, like, because I'm used to seeing things. I've been seeing these balls of light since I can remember since my earliest memories, even my father remembers everyone that knows me remembers. And, um, I just learned over time that it was my eyes. So I ignored them, but here I was at Morris Jamel mansion and I, I'm seeing it and the motion sensor is lighting up and I'm seeing it and I'm like, it can't, it can't really be there. Like it can't really be here. Can it? And I just grabbed my, I remember I had it in my, my purse, my pocket button. I grabbed my camera and I switched it on. I was trying to get it on and I just, I saw it and I clicked the picture and there it was right over the sensor. And something, uh, the, the best way that I can describe it, a veil dropped. And it was, I guess, also my subconscious belief that it was just my eye, whatever it was, but a veil dropped for me. Even though I'd always been spiritual, I always loved the paranormal, I always looked for mystical experiences. There was a part of me that didn't quite believe that it was true until this moment when I saw their sensor go off, my eyes, and then my camera prove what I was seeing. And I was like in shock. And I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. That's, that's what went into my head. I was like, this is actually happening. I'm like, this is real. And I went home and I was like, oh my God. Now when I wake up in the middle of the night and I see the thing floating over me, like I always see, I'm going to have my camera next to me. And I started taking pictures and there were four around my bed. And then I said, oh my goodness, what if I use my baby monitor? Can I see it on video too? And then I woke up, something was flying over me, hovering over me. And I ran across the room and I turned on my baby monitor and my video. And I said, um, do it again, go over the bed again. And there it goes. There's a ball going over the, and I recorded it with my phone on the baby, through the baby monitor. So I realized that the stuff was actually real. And that just like completely blew my mind. Even though I already believed in it, I, I, I like half believed in it. It was like, it would be nice if it was true. I really think it's true, but I don't know for a fact. That was the moment I was like, I know for a fact, like I'm seeing a tree outside. I know what I'm seeing. And that I, changed my life. I think that experiences like that um, are more common than not. I think we, you know, and that, really speaks to how the frequencies, how nothing is really solid. There's more out there. Like you also speak about the different spectrums of what we see and can't see. And we only see like a fraction mm -hmm. of what's out there. And so that leads me into off-worlders or inner-worlders. There was one thing I wanted to um, ask your opinion about. Um, that a lot of people in this stories, and this is why I find validity in it, because there are stories that go back thousands of years about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, um, there was a, the Yeti in the Himalayas and everything. And so for me, I'm thinking possibly, and this is what it seems like you're, um, you, um, what, yeah, you interpreted from an interdimensional, what I would call an interdimensional, interdimensional being. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So I was wondering about that. Yes. So in the beginning, when this first started happening, I didn't know what I call lavender moon. I didn't know what it was. I was like, are you my spirit guide? Cause like, I only had to go on what I have learned about, you know? Um, are you my spirit guide? Are you my mother? Are you my great, whatever? Are you mm. a, mm-hmm. a spirit? And I just was getting no, no, no. And just these messages kept coming through. And I was like, what are you? And they didn't answer. And all these messages kept, kept coming through. And as I got more comfortable working with this being and this consciousness, because they always said we, I started to get the picture. I started to get the feeling that this wasn't human. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't my spirit guide. It was, it was something else. And then when they began to give me messages about humanity and, and how they'd been with us since we started and all of that, I... And it was, it was way after I became more comfortable with them. And I think that that was part of it because I was afraid when I was, when I would see it at night or take a picture, it wasn't like, Oh, this is cool. I'd be like, that's cool for a second. Then I'd run out of the room because I I was terrified. (laughs) I was like, yay. ah, Like, let me get out of here. This is scary. Um, But I was working with my fear and the more that I was able to, work with my fear, the more I was able to receive the messages and communicate. And I realized like, these are beautiful message messages of, of like unconditional love and expansion. There is nothing to be afraid of. Like, why am I scared really? And I'm like, I'm scared because it's unknown. That's why, because that's what fear is about. Um, and so after a while, after some time, you know, because at, cause I, you know, you've talked to me, but after a long time, they finally said, we are what you would consider extraterrestrial or interdimensional. And I did, I, last time I believe we talked about the sleep paralysis. Right. Yeah. So I did have like a visitation in between. And I guess I was so scared that they backed off and I, um, more recently, I said, okay, you know, I've been okay receiving messages this way. I'm ready to see a physical craft, but <laughs> I had to see it during the day. And I actually should tell you the timeline. So I was, I like to walk to the train to work. Um, so I was walking to the train to go to work. And as I was walking, I looked up to the sky and I said, okay, you say that you're interdimensional, you're extraterrestrial, you know, I need proof. I would like to see a craft. I, I believe I'm ready now. But, um, and this had been after like a week of having nightmares of seeing a craft. And I was like, I think I'm ready. Um, but I want to see it during the day when I'm around a lot of other people and not at night, not like through my window, the light coming through that, that would scare me. So, but I'm ready to take the next step by seeing a physical craft on my way home from work that same day, I was sitting in the train coming home and I look out the window and there's a huge ball of light moving with the train, like at the speed of the train. And I was like, am I, I'm like, am I seeing this? Like, and I, I turn and I look and no one else is everyone's in their phone or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, 
And I, I grabbed in my, <laughs> I actually, I grabbed in my purse and I got my phone out. I'm like, why am I not taking pictures of this? And, I took pictures <laughs> and then I took video and there it was. And then it went behind the building and then I couldn't get it. And then I was watching it and then it went out into the sky and I got a picture of it. That was in my master class. You've seen the picture. Yeah. yeah. The picture. And I was like, okay, now I know who you are. <laughs> I was like, that cleared that up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so interdimensional, so did, extraterrestrial, I believe it's the same thing. Did we get through all the modules of your master class? Yes. Okay. I thought we did, but you, you stopped saying modules, so I, I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, she got to the R which is re what was the r again re reinforcing the yeah, yeah re reinforcing the results um so i think that's fascinating my dad always said that he wanted them to come take him for a ride in a spaceship in a spaceship but, um, i would freak out yeah i think so <laughs> too and i think you have to be careful with discernment because i don't think they all have good intentions because as I understand it, there are those out there with very diabolical intentions. So, you know, you want, you know, I think you I, got, will know, will let you know though. Yeah. You know? Well, my daughter, my daughter who suffers from sleep paralysis, I was talking to her about our last conversation, Amber, and she said that the, whatever she's dealing with is not like that. She has told them many times that she doesn't want this to stop and they have not stopped. You're so funny. Hmm. Yeah, I, well, it's like I said, I, I've heard there's good, good ones and there's yeah. not so good ones, you know, that we talked about manifesting, right? And how if you ma manifest with the divine in an alignment, then you create, you can create beauty. But if you manifest from the ego, or real, you know, not good intent, then you can be very, it can be very destructive. And, you know, we have that here on the planet. So I'm not, you know, I'm sure any, and then a dimensional, any extraterrestrial, they're not all, you know, unicorns and, fair, you know, I think well, it's. Uh, I have to say that I can't speak to that because yeah. they didn't, they didn't speak to me about any evil reptilians as people are talking about or anything right. like that i can only i can only speak to my experience so i i have no experience of that they give me no message about that um i haven't received any messages no visions no none of those sorts of visitations um they speak to me of where they are where they speak as we because they, they still have an ego, they're, they're still separate from the infinite, but they're at a place where they've, they understand who they are and what they are. And so they're at a vibration where they've, I, I don't want to say transcended the ego, but moved past identifying themselves with it. So there's no intention to hurt us because they know that all is expansion. And by helping us expand, they expand. They said, we all expand. So in my experience, that's the only experience that I can speak to. So I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't speak to that because I've never had that experience. Could you address them with the question? I could. I I'd could be interested in the answer. I could see what answer they would give me. 
I'd have to get back to you after and see what they would say. That would be, yeah, it would be, be very interesting to know because I, I stand in agreement with Heidi that I've heard not only the reptilians, but I've also heard of the greys. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's another um, being mm -hmm. that's just not real friendly. So, I mean, it's just like with humans, you know, there's humans that are here to do good and then humans that don't have anybody's best intention in mind except for themselves. And I think for us to think, just like it, for us to think that we're the only beings anywhere in the universe or the galaxy is, is kind of like, really, you know? Right. So I, you know, feel that just like humans are good or not so good. I feel that there's beings out there that are good and not so good. Look at Star Wars. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have to be careful not to project our own, you know, just like, you know, when people talk about the Fae and like there are different mm -hmm. beings that operate according to different rules. So sometimes when we don't understand something, it can look really bad to us. Um, so it's, it's important to be aware of that. And I, I really enjoy, like I said, I think I said it on the last one, but I just started reading Dolores Cannon's work. And she talks about a lot of that. I think she has, she had, because she passed away now, way more experience with answering those questions than I do. Um, in the past, whenever I have... Um, well, I think I asked about it once. I don't think I continually asked about it, but I asked about it once and they, they made me think of the story of Prometheus where, you know, Prometheus came off the mountain and he was trying to show the humans how to use fire and the humans were horrified of him. And so they hid from him and he couldn't help them. Um, so sometimes, you know, I, I, there's a lot to look at. I would recommend reading Dolores Cannon. That's she, what I would. Yeah, she's very informative um, and mm -hmm. I haven't looked at all of her work, so I'm not sure what her stance is on, you know, you know, but um, I definitely feel like... The Guardians. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I forget the name, read The Guardians, Joyce. The Guardians. Yeah, I think that's the name by Dolores Cannon. Take a look at that. I think it would really interest you. And it does speak to some of your daughter's experiences. Maybe she wants to read it too. It's very interesting. What she uncovered under hypnosis was very different when she spoke to their higher self was very different than what they remembered. So when they remembered something was like, you know, over them and hurting them. And when they, she spoke to their higher self, they showed like what really happened and it was like completely different and it just changed whoops and it just changed them so a lot of times we remember things according to our subconscious lenses and it's not exactly the way that it happened and there's a reason for it too but she talks about that so that's not my area I'm gonna leave it to her definitely go and read that book the guardians so are you going to be teaching your master class Yes. And if so, how can people, when and how could people get in touch with you if they want to do that? 
Yes. So the master, the, not the master was the, the course, the live your light course, it begins September 12th and how people could get in touch with me is that I'll give you guys the link and you can attach it here to the bottom of the video. And what sure. you can do is you can click on the link and make an appointment with me to, to see if the course is a good fit for you. And I'm very truthful because I don't accept everyone into the course. I've turned quite a few people away. So I like to make sure that the course is a good fit for you. It's not for everyone. So um, we'll have a conversation about, you know, about you and what, it, what your goals are and we'll see if it's a good fit. And um, uh, yeah, and you could ask me any questions about it. We'll go through the curriculum also watch the masterclass. So if you want to know what is the work about, what will the course be about? I go in depth in the masterclass and then that can prepare you also to speak with me. I will be closing enrollment soon. It will be open only for the next two weeks and then it's closed. So if you do, are thinking about enrolling or you're just curious, make an appointment now. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. So we'll go ahead and include those links below or in the description. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so is, is there anything that you really want us to know that you haven't said, Amber? I want you to know. Um, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Besides the course and the book. I guess also uh, just for everyone to know that that's watching this, if some of you know me, you know that I haven't really been on YouTube, except I came back for the masterclass this summer. And that was because I was creating this course and putting everything together and opening up for enrollment. And I was only doing short lives on Facebook. So you can also join the Facebook group, Lavender Moon Circle. But this fall, I will be back. I'll be back with the Paranormal Hangout. I have people scheduled till November. So we've got, <laughs> <laughs> we've got tons of Paranormal Hangouts scheduled. And I will be coming back with more of my work um, together incorporated with tarot because I still do love tarot and I'll be incorporating that somehow. <laughs> yeah, I love tarot myself, as you know. Yes, uh, she sure. was actually one of the persons that prompted me to uh, um, dive in and not be afraid to dive into tarot and to trust myself. What was it? You had a series called Trust Yourself Tarot. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. So, and that's on her, her YouTube channel. So you, if you're into tarot, you might want to check that out. It's a really good, she has a lot of good content on her YouTube channel, which and that, is that's... Lavender Moon. Go ahead. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think this is a good place of any to wrap up and always love talking to you as always amber and so remember everybody get out there and breathe and have a chance to get out in the wild and do some dancing when you get a chance thank and you remember so to let your light shine thank you joyce and heidi i just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on again it was really fun thank you thank you ever for joining us thank you Bye, everyone. Bye.